Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawkes and Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Um, we were joined by um, professional eater, believe it or not, Kyle Gibson. Uh, yeah. He's taken on some festive treats, I believe the tabloids would <laughs> take on, and, and ate quite a lot of them, so he told us about his uh, experience of that. Uh, Ian Gillen, the front man of Deep Purple for many years, they have a new album out. He's a huge football fan, and he told us they're a former... Talk sport presenter played a part in rock and roll history. Marvellous. Marvellous. Um, we had, we a, had a bit of a conversation, yeah, did, a couple yeah. of chats. We brought you all that. I think that'll do you. Here yeah. it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. And we are so pleased that you found one stray Japanese tea bag. In my bag, yeah. And can you, can't you do a Jack Russell and make it last the whole show? <laughs> yeah, you not, should pin it up. Not a bad get idea. a second bag out of it. I think I'll get a second cup yeah, out of that. Can, <laughs> that's a very good idea, Paul. Yeah, let's I'll do, do a that. Jack Russell. So what is it? I mean, what is it about the... I mean, I occasionally get one of yours by accident now and again. Yeah. And it dries me out. You don't I mean, like it? I know. It, it really dries me out. A, you're into it. What yeah. is it? What is it then? What's it called? Green tea and roasted rice. Okay. <laughs> Two sugars, you can dip a, digest it in that. sugars and you don't have milk with it. No, okay. it's, not, it's very good for you, apparently. No, I'm sure it is. Do you actually like it or is it just because it's very I've grown good for to you? like it. Okay. I've learned to love it. Okay, I mean, what I really love is coffee, but you can't drink too much coffee, can well, you? You can't. Man. Otherwise, you're shaking. So, uh, I was really <laughs> looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. I wonder where you were going with that. That hard S had me slightly hovering over the dump button, if you, if you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, <laughs> probably not the best turn of phrase either, was it, really? <laughs> no, probably not, really. And uh, I was really looking forward to Brentford tonight. Brentford against Manchester United. It's off. I know you were going incredibly disappointing. And I was going to take, I had my uh, a pair of Ray Bans ready because. Oh, did you? The thing about the new stadium at Brentford, one thing about it that isn't great, everything about it's fantastic. The atmosphere, the way they built it, how they got it into the gap between Cubridge Station and the the sort of motorway and all that. Brilliant. Mm. But because I think the height of the ground is restricted, the lights are right in your eyes. The lights are right in your eyes. It is like being interrogated for 90 minutes it's quite unpleasant <laughs> and even during the day they put them on so it's, it's you know if you go to an, an afternoon game they're on as well so it's right you know it's difficult and i forgot the cap the other day and i'm like oh, can't you wear one of those visors that um <laughs> be quite no. just wear a visor for no, all the game. i'm gonna wear sunglasses. visor. sunglasses is the answer you're gonna wander around at 
at yeah. night in sunglasses. Well, yeah. only during the game. Only, I wasn't going to walk around with them on. I was just going to put them on for the well, 45 minutes, take look, them off at half time. You look cool sitting down, you know, <laughs> with a camera I finds used you. To, when, I was, when I was young... Oh, here we go. Here we go. Always <laughs> love an Andy Jacobs confessional. <laughs> I, uh, <clears throat> I wore glasses <clears throat> from the age of 13 and I was sort of conscious about them, you know, like yeah. it wasn't very attractive to, you know, to girls sort of thing. So I... Well, sorry, sorry I missed you. Is that again? You weren't... Wore glasses. Oh, you wore glasses. Permanently. Just, you know... Was it girls never make passes at boys in glasses or something like that? Is that right? Anyway, anyway, I just felt it wasn't. So what I do is... Because your eyesight's not great and you didn't have lenses in. You just walked around unable to see. So when I used to go to a club, to a disco... Disco, yeah. yeah, I'd wear dark glasses. (laughs) Ridiculous, like Ray Charles. And there was a photo of me. Alan Freeman, the DJ, came to uh, visit this youth club. Mm. And it was in the Jewish Chronicle and I was in part of the crowd. (laughs) Where's this story (laughs) going? A picture you of were me. part of the crowd. I was a part of the crowd. Greeting you were very Alan much in Freeman. the. You were part of the in crowd by the And there I am wearing these dark glasses yeah. in this club. So there you go. So, but I, I, that's what I'll do tonight. Well, I'm not going tonight. So anyway, the bloke next to me. I was going to tell you this the other day. The bloke next to me's got this odd thing. I wonder if other people get this. <laughs> yeah. He goes out five minutes before half time. Yeah. Then he comes back five minutes after halftime. I don't know if he's in favour of the Commibol 25-minute halftime system. He's going for a wee and a pint, would be my <laughs> well, guess. Well, I think you're Quite right. possibly in that order. Long. Yeah. yeah. I used to sit next to some fellas who um, would get up about 15 minutes before halftime mm. and then That's come ridiculous. back about 20 minutes before the end of the game. No. Yeah, they would... That they would, mad. Uh, they, ca- <laughs> they arrived oiled up. And they would oh, go for no a very, a, a very um, luxuriant mm. uh, drink at halftime into the second. <laughs> I imagine because often they close the bars at the start of the second half, so I imagine they yeah. would, they would load up with as it was. <laughs> I mean, the, the, you know, our beer options are so much better now, but so mm. they, I think they're on it's the more expensive. They were on the tins <laughs> of Heineken. Well, not there's anything wrong with that. No. Uh, anyway, uh, yes. Now Lewis Hamilton. Yes. You may have heard of him. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's to be... T- well, the racing driver. That's the boy. Oh, yeah. He's to be knighted tomorrow at Windsor Castle. Nice. And I'm just wondering if the Queen will tell him he was robbed. Daylight robbery, she's going to say. I bet she's, she's quite angry about it. Yeah, it'd be great, wouldn't it? Is, is, it, is, it, is it Prince Charles doing it? Or is no, it, I think it's the Queen. It's the Queen. She's, yeah. She might get on about the safety car. We might <laughs> be at, she does. We might be at war with the Dutch. <laughs> yeah. Be like the 1600s again, got the Dutch it? royal family. I bet she's on the phone to them saying, I'm not happy about she's it. She's kicked off. Yeah, I absolutely. Think she has. Well, Lewis here tomorrow. What am I supposed to say to him? You know, what are you going to do about it? I know. Have a word. Verstappen celebrated his title partying with the DJ Martin Garrix. Who? <laughs> well, I mean, I, 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 you know, I, I'm not surprised that you're not a, a big fan of Martin Garrix. You're not really the target audience no, for the boy Garrix, are what you? Did he really? say? He, said, we, he said something like, we spent, uh, we were at Martin's all night. Well, I'm you? sure he would be celebrating. If you got a DJ on hand, it's quite, uh, it's quite useful, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose so, yeah. Come oh, yeah. Us, yes, oh, go on, tell us about Martin Garrix. It was a long you? night. I ended up at Martin Garrix's place, not well, the Garrix Club. <laughs> Yeah, he did the official song for the Euros, our, our child producer is telling oh, me. Oh, thank you very much. So, do um, you want to play it? Should we play a bit of Martin Garrix for Andy? No, not really, he says. Okay, clearly not a fan either. But, uh, I mean, if you can get yourself in the back of the picture with yeah. your dark glasses on at a Martin Garrix show, they think, oh, who's that cool dude?
Mm. Think, well, that's fantastic, yeah. If anyone's got a Probably copy of that say photo, cool do dude, let though, me have it. it. Yeah. <laughs> I well, used to have it. Know, if you've got an old that. copy of the Jewish <laughs> Chronicle from about 1964 <laughs> lying around anywhere with <laughs> Fluff Freeman on the front and a, a, yeah, it would have been about a guy with dark glasses six, in the back. Yeah, 64. It would be about 60. Yeah, 60, 65. Yeah, okay, like well, yeah. So, I mean, you're bound to have that just at the top of a pile somewhere this afternoon. Even the Chronicle Library wouldn't lay their hands on that anytime soon. <laughs> this is sweet. The Palace fans have, have, have started a fund to buy Conor Gallagher. Right. And it's reached £105, just the £49,999,995 to go. It's, uh, yeah, he's not going anywhere, is he? I don't think no, so. No, you don't think so. Okay. No, I hope not. It would be a great Not for that to. price, anyway. No, the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We're going to talk competitive eating now uh, with a festive flavour. Uh, because um, joining us uh, this afternoon is Carl Gibson. He is a professional eater. Tremendous. Lovely gig. Mm. Uh, good afternoon, Carl. Hello. Well, competitive eater. I mean, how'd you, how'd you land a job like that? I suppose, I mean, you create it yourself, don't you? Well, I was quite a fat kid growing up, so um, I guess my hunger's always kind of stayed there. <laughs> It's often not the case, no, though, yeah. is it? Jerry Chestnut, the king, yeah. he's quite Sonia, slim. Sonia, the Black Widow, Thomas, nothing of her. I mean, this is often people make that mistake. They look at the best Kobayashi over the years, they look at the world's mm. great competitive eaters, and they expect them to be of a size, but generally they're not, are they? Well, no, I mean, at the moment I'm not, but I used to be uh, I used to be quite large, but I guess I just kind of, I like exercise too much now, so I kind of, I kind of balance it out. Right. Yeah, it's a good combination. Yeah. So with with the mince pies, I mean, were you allowed to have a drink with it? Yeah, I could have anything I wanted. Oh, right. I just okay. went for um, warm water and coffee. 
Warm water and... OK, that's in, this is techniques for anybody who wants yeah, to try and eat 45... Sorry, um, was it 30 mince pies in 45 minutes? Six, which 60. 60, OK, the paper's been getting it wrong. Because yeah. I thought 30 didn't sound didn't sound a lot. Well, not if Jerry no, Chestnut can no. eat 70 hot dogs in 10 minutes. Yeah, but I mean, that's different, isn't it? I mean, there's a technique to the hot dog. You soak in the buns. And uh, yeah, I would imagine disgusting. they are quite cloying, aren't they? The, the mince pie, I would imagine, Carl. They're quite well, difficult they just... to get down. Yeah, they're quite rich and they well, it's all just sweet. It's all just sugar and fat, basically. Yeah. So um, I'd say after like ten, it starts to get a bit sickly. So doing sixty was definitely yeah. <laughs> sixty. Yeah, how, when did, is... how did you feel at the end of it? Oh mate, I felt awful. I felt absolutely awful. I, yeah. I, had, a, I had a bad head. I felt sick. Oh god, I just oh, no. I wanted I wanted a pizza or something at the end, just something savoury. Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a good. <laughs> I did eat something to offset it. Yeah. yeah. But it was yeah, a good exactly. people. It was the good people at Greg's that um, supplied <clears> you. And I mean, even they won't, you know, because they they don't they don't mean anybody to sit down and eat sixty in under an hour, do they? So no. when you say you felt sick, I'm sure they take that uh, in the right way. You, you've also. <laughs> Um, talking of the savoury, you went for their festive bait. No one's thinking Greg's yes. mince pies make you sick. I just want to clear that up. I just want to clear that before the next. Uh, yeah, Carl, Carl Gibson says sixty of them makes you feel really ill. Um, but the festive bait is good too, when you went yeah. down the savoury route. So, um, what's the filling in that, and how many did you eat in how long? Um, the filling, I think it's like turkey, cranberry sauce, stuffing. I think it's like a white gravy, like a, a white turkey gravy. Wow, quite so quite um, rich, blimey. Oh, very rich, yeah. And, and that, I did, I think it was 30 of them in, uh, I think it was just over 30 minutes. I can't remember how long it took oh, me. One a minute. Yeah, I'm wow, not gonna I, mean, I, I tried a turkey and cranberry pasty. I didn't like it at all. You weren't very keen? Odd <laughs> mixture. What about 30 peculiar. in half an hour, Andy? Could you do no. that? No. <laughs> I, <tried, laughs> I struggled with one in half an hour. I threw it away. It was quite revolting. So, um, I mean, it is a skill, this, because I mean, most people would say, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to be ill in a minute. I can't do this. How do you manage How do you manage to keep going? Um, I think I'm just weirdly used to it. I'm, my body's kind of adapted to eating stupid amounts of food. So when it comes to eating, you know, 30 festive bakes, it's quite a, quite a normal thing for me now. It sounds weird, but oh. it's, um, yeah, you get used to it after you do it for so long. Two, and you, two and you, questions from me. Yeah. Uh, can you make a living out of this? And um, what are you having yes. for Christmas Day? Oh, yeah. Why? Well, I mean, are you going to have any more mince pies before Christmas, or is that it now? <laughs> well, mince pie wise, I might have one or two, but um, yeah, I'm kind of sick of myself on mince pies, to be honest. <laughs> and and you, uh, the other question yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can get paid from it if you, uh, if you do it for long enough. Yeah. And you do this on you've got a YouTube channel, I take it, of you, where you yes. do this all on. Yeah. Yes, it's Kyle V Food. Right, okay, of course. Oh, Have you ever been defeated, Carl? If, is there anything that you, you admitted, I, I, can't, I can't do that? Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's been a few times that I've not been able to actually do it. Um, but it's normally something like really stupid. Uh, I attempted the world's biggest full English breakfast a few months ago. Right. And uh, that actually beat me. But then I went back and did it again, so. One of those things where you get a certificate. What, what, was, it that, mm. what was it that beat you <sighs> that particular day? Uh, well, for the uh, full English breakfast. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I don't think I was quite expecting it to be so big. I mean, it was 15 <laughs> of everything. <laughs> 15? Yeah. Wow. So that's like 15 sausage, 15 bacon, 15 fried wow. eggs, etc. 
The important I, thing to remember is you offset this with exercise, but yeah. you know how often yes. how often how depressing is that? Because you often see, you know, what how many how far you've got to run after your Christmas dinner, not literally after your Christmas dinner, but to yeah, run off, off to run off the food you eat on Christmas Day, you've you've got to be yeah. blind Dave Healy doing seven marathons in seven days. It's, <laughs> it's, um, because it is a shocking amount of calories that we pile on, and and it's surprising just how far you'd have to exercise to to shift them all. Well, I think there's quite a big uh, misconception there. There's, really? um, to be fair, you don't need to exercise as much as you think. Right. You know, you're not going to, say on Christmas Day, you go crazy, eat loads of food. You're not just going to wake up the next morning like, you know, 10 stone heavier. No. You know, you, you'll, you'll probably barely notice if you've ate loads of food. It's only if you continuously do it like day after day that you'll notice it. Yeah. But a little bit of exercise. No, I don't know if you're, I mean, the block. whether you're a community, the competitive, are you aware of the work of Kate Ovens? Yes, I am, yes. Gosh, yeah. she can put it away. Yeah, do you, do you ever have face-offs in this? I mean, we see it in the States all the time. Do you ever have a, a Gibson yeah. Ovens face-off at some point? Oh, I'd love that, to be honest with you. Um, that's definitely something <laughs> I'd do. Right, but, okay. Um, I've been against Leah Shakiva, if you've heard of her before. Wow. No, I haven't. She's it? Uh, Europe's best uh, speed eater. Right, is it? Are you speed? Are you speed? I mean, are, are you as are you speed or are you kind of bulk? Is it, what's your speciality? Um, I'd say bulk, but I can do both. I can do speed if I really try. Wow, it's a different world, Andy. These are these are the these are the giants of the game that we tremendous. Can't. Yeah, and we we read today about um, Ben Harrison, whose job it is to uh, to eat fifty uh, yeah. Brussels sprouts. Eat fifty sprouts a day. Oh, I know. That sounds <laughs> awful. <laughs> yeah, but he's a taster. He's not a competitive eater. No, he's not eater. a competitive eater. <laughs> he's, he's, his, his job is to taste the quality sprouts. Or uh, yeah, I don't even think I'd want to get paid to do that. To be honest with you, <laughs> <laughs> sounds awful. <laughs> well, well done, Carl. What a, a, a tremendous feat! He's covered all of the uh, the festive bakes and the mince pies. Uh, good to talk to you. Thanks for joining us. Cheers, mate. Thank you. There we are, Carl Gibson. There, uh, a professional eater. Andy. Tremendous. So well done. <laughs> Tremendous. <laughs> well, well done to him. So yeah, maybe we could we could start to put together these matchups. You know, yeah. Um, Ovens is sensational. Ovens, she she's really been on is. a few times with us. Yeah, yeah. Again, there's nothing of her, is it? I know. Three stone ringing wet. Tremendous. Well, not, obviously not that, but you know what I mean. There's, mm. there's nothing of her. Again, Cole. They're saying he manages to shift it all through exercise, but you know. Please eat responsibly, I think, is the point to make. Uh, the, the, these are professionals <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. in controlled environments <laughs> uh, with an exercise program to offset it. So we certainly don't encourage you to take on the... Don't try that at home, is is what we're saying. All things in moderation, as your old nan probably said. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We saw um, Brendan Rogers talking about Pats and Dacca and his elaborate goal celebrations. Mm. Did you see that, Andy, the other day? I did, yeah. He does the uh, he does the fall. He says he can't help it. Somersault, yeah. He said, I've done it since I was a kid. I got lost in the moment. It's not like I planned to do this. I just find myself doing it. And I mm. think that, but there's always a first time, though, isn't there, where you've done a bit of gymnastics at school and you think, I can take that into my goal celebration. And I reckon there may be some of the listeners who've, yeah, who've tried that? I think it's. I think it's sort of instinctive. I don't think you think about it, do you? I mean, Maybe. players have done it over the years, haven't they? Yeah. You know, but then it becomes a thing, doesn't it? And then you do have to, because people expect it. It's a bit you like, don't the, get, it's like the Robbie the King forward roll. Don't the, get injured celebrating a goal. It's really stupid. Yeah. I mean, that was a, hand, a hamstring sort of running away. It's slightly different from yeah. uh, doing that. Uh, were you much of a gymnast, Andy? Was that, was that one of your skills? <laughs> Not really. The pommel horse. 
You weren't great just on the pommel horse. Slamming. How's the your side crucifix of it. these days? Are you able to? Can you hold it in position like no, you used to be able to in the old days? Definitely not a gymnast. Yes. No, in any I mean, shape or form. But there was that thing, wasn't it? It was like seen as a bit of a school punishment. I remember once at our school, they had this. They decided to do an inter-house gymnastics competition, and a particularly sadistic head of house decided that everybody would have to play a part in it somehow, even the non-gymnasts, which was mm. about 80% of the school. <laughs> and I remember one boy just yeah. standing up uh, on... on but they, what they also made you how terrible you were at gymnastics, and mm. you couldn't even do a forward roll or anything. They would always make you do that thing at the end, put your arms in the air, mm. like, you, like you saw in the Olympics. You know, the arms would go in the air to show that you'd finished. And so you'd get these appalling people just falling on their own faces... And then at the end, of course, they lift their arms in. The- One boy just stood on uh, on on the horse and then just fell flat on his face. <laughs> I don't know what he was, See, what health, he was expecting. Health and safety didn't exist in those days. We used to the high jump. You know, you do the Fosbury flop with like into a sandpit. Yeah, it was no thing to dive into. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was remember dangerous. the first time you ever tried pole vault at school? They used to give you like a basically a scaffold pole. That was the first, <laughs> that's what it was. I mean, obviously you, you wouldn't scaffold have a clue if they no, but they get. That's what they did. No, no, it wasn't meant to be. The idea is that you could actually... That was how it all started. But, uh, yeah, the gymnastic moves for goal celebrations. If you've tried it and it hasn't come off, uh, do let us know. Something else to get you going on as well today. Mm. Spare thought for Chris Ashton, uh, a fantastic rugby player, of course, um, who has just left Worcester with immediate effect by mutual consent. He was there for 11 months. I think he only played twice. Um, but he's had a lot of injuries, calf and mm. knee injuries, and sometimes in life a move doesn't doesn't work out quite as you'd hoped. So we were interested to hear from you this afternoon, whether it was a job, uh, whether it was football. Maybe you switched Sunday, Saturday afternoon teams and it all went a bit pear-shaped. You can tell us why, but sometimes when the moves don't quite work out, you can share those with the class at uh, talksport.com forward slash J. text to 81089 or tweet to TSHNJ. Now, we're all looking forward in an hour's time to uh, Borough 7, our horse, yeah. making his debut. Uh, 3.15 Catrick. at Catrick. 3.15 at Catrick. Yesterday, the odds were 14 to 1, but yeah. I think the listeners and people who got involved started betting on it, so the odds yeah. have really shortened, they've really come in. Everybody's bought, we were chatting to Barry It's McDermott, no better than it was yesterday, it? really. It makes no sense at all. So many people have, have put, bought a small share in this mm. horse, as we said, including ourselves, so we've all got skin in the game, so they've all put a few quid on. Yeah, it's as short to 4 to 1, I think. Yeah, I've got I got um, nine to two. I think I got nine to two. <laughs> yeah, still 14. fourteen to one yesterday. Probably not. Ba- I mean, certainly no. not based on form. It's never run before. But no, no. Um, anyway, I think just out of loyalty, uh, I've had a, a small wager on it. But we'll see. Three fifteen. We'll keep an eye on that race. We've got the Catterick racing up. I've got a quiz for you, Andy. Oh yeah. It's only a very short one. Okay, good. I know you're a big fan of quizzes. Love a quiz. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, what I'm going to ask you is, I'm going to give you three guesses. At Fallon Sherrick, the fine darts players. Pre-match meal. Okay. What does uh, what does uh, Fallon always have as a pre-match meal before she takes to the hockey at Ali Pally? I'm going on the Alan Shearer chicken and beans. You've gone chicken and beans. So you're not. You're not. I tell you what. You haven't done bad. So you haven't done too bad actually. Not is too it? bad. <laughs> as, uh, Alan's mate might say, George. Um, do you want to? I mean, do you want to try and get a bit closer to that? I mean, you were quite close. Which part was close? Well, the I, beans I'm, or the chicken? Well, I'm going to have to leave you. Leave that with you. <laughs> 
Beans on toast. You went the wrong way. Okay. So what? What? what <laughs> Kentucky Fried Chicken. When I, yeah, I, no, I can't argue. Other you, fried chicken is available. You did. You did. <laughs> you did. She doesn't trouble the colonel, but um, <laughs> she she does uh, head down Portugal way with the butterfly chicken from oh, Nando's. Oh, lovely. So uh, other oh. chicken establishments, not many Portuguese ones though, are yeah. available. And um, yeah, she she has the butterfly chicken before she plays. It's good for and, her. Uh, that's, yeah. that's part of the ritual. And we're going to be looking ahead in a bit more detail at uh, the World Darts Championship that gets underway. She's 30 pieces in tomorrow. Half an hour tomorrow. No, she's still going to do it competitively. <laughs> I think it's all things, all things in moderation. Talking of food, uh, Tom Cruise uh, decided he wanted to sort of treat the crew of Mission Impossible over yeah. here in Britain. They're making the film. So he had 300 cakes made by an LA bakery yeah. and flew them over here. Nice touch. I hope you didn't send one to Greta Thunberg. She'd be too impressed. <laughs> a carbon well, footprint why, situation. Unless she worked on Mission Impossible. <laughs> no, but what I know. part would she have had? But no, no part at all. But is that car electric? Surely, Tom, you can get cakes baked here. You don't need to do that, do you? Really? I don't know. You can take it up with him, Andy. I think I he will, joins yeah. us in half an hour. <laughs> good. Yeah, we'll have a good chat. I with can't him there. wait. Tyson McFury. Tyson McFury. <laughs> I'll tell you why I did that. You'll see why I did that in a minute. Tyson Fury is going to say Tyson. Tyson, look, he doesn't want to be on. He doesn't want to be on sports <laughs> personality. He suddenly doesn't want to be Scottish for no apparent reason. Tyson McFury. He's going to. We'll see why I said it in a minute. Tyson McFlurry. Of course. He's going to snub spot sports personality of the year. He is, yeah. and we should do a Boaty McBoat face. Ah, ah, I can see. And all you... vote for him. Go on, everybody vote for him. That would just annoy. Didn't thing. they try that last year? But it didn't quite work. Out, I, I think know, they realised it. They realised it was going on. So, uh, uh, Landon Donovan, the American Landon uh, McDonovan, Landon to Mc- you. <laughs> <laughs> He's working at Lincoln. We found out yesterday in a very interesting piece yeah. in the Sun, and he believes that Lincoln will be in the Premier League one day. Which I think I suppose you've got to dream big, haven't you? It yeah. Seems unlikely, I mean, but who knows? I mean, one day, it's not very specific, is it? I mean, if he's coming with a five-year plan, <laughs> I would expect him to say within five years. Yeah, uh, not one day. No, that's true. Well, what can you do? Anything else? Uh, anything else? Yes. Uh, this, 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 honestly, this story, you think sometimes you think these stories sounds terrible. It's, a family got a shock putting up their Christmas tree oh, yeah. when a deadly poisonous snake poked its head from behind a bauble. And you think, blimey, that's bad. Rob and Marcella Wilde were uh, admiring their fur, because they can't say Christmas tree twice, Yes. when children Edward 11 and Sahara 6 spotted the venomous... Boom slang. And apparently <laughs> it's in South Africa. But they put that right at the bottom. So, you, so you're reading it and thinking, John Mark Boom slang. <laughs> well, somebody in Britain found a poisonous snake in their Christmas tree. Yeah. No, it's in South Africa. It's not as good a story, is it? Oh, it's not. No, it's not. It's not. It's no, not. Near as good. I was reading about this guy who died. He was a friend of Peter Cook, the late comedian. Yeah. And his name was, uh, I think, Gorgeous George Weiss. He was a bit like Screaming Lord Such. He used to like. Gorgeous George, you uh, worked in the world of wrestling. Is yeah, Gorgeous no, George, not, not, not him. him. No. Oh, okay, sorry. He he basically enjoyed, um, not enjoyed. He he liked taking part in elections, okay. and he was a massive Newcastle fan. Yeah. So I read this in his obit today in the Times. He says, fanatical fan of Newcastle United. He also befriended Jackie Milburn, the club's most celebrated footballer, yeah. and persuaded him to stand for election for the Rainbow Party in 1985 Timebridge by-election. When the former striker pulled out at the last minute, Weiss stood himself getting just 38 votes. And this is what he did. He just went, stood for elections and never, always lost his deposit. Wow. So oh, Jackie man. Milburn was going to stand for... I would have thought he would have got in. A very popular yeah, man in those parts. he must have changed his mind thought it's not a great idea, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. there you go. 
War Jackie for Rainbow uh, George Weiss. War Jackie MP. Not gorgeous George Weiss. Oh, I was going to say gorgeous George. No, it's Rainbow you... George. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thanks, Andy, for clearing that up. <laughs> I know, thought you'd like that. And somebody, well, somebody wrote yeah. to the Sun today about the England cricket team. Yes. She said, was it you? No, it wasn't. She said, I'm baffled, says Kevin Rodwell. I'm baffled as to why our test team is so bad. Well, I'm not really. There's lots of reasons. I honestly, if you've got time, I'll explain it to you. Joe Root scores. Can we give her a call after the show. I will. Joe Root scores typical runs, but where? What's typical runs? I don't know what that is. Mm. But where are the rest? We're going to have problems when James Anderson and Stuart Broad retire. Well, we've got problems now when they haven't retired, mate. What are you talking about? <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you, Andy, for that. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We're delighted to say joining us now, front man of Deep Purple for many years, huge football fan and cricket fan. Ian Gillen. Good afternoon, Ian. Hello there. Lovely to talk to you. Um, we're going to cut. Funny if we were talking about you uh, in sad circumstances the other week. George Mariner came in to see us with Mark Donaldson. They've written a lovely tribute, lovely book yeah. about Paul. And uh, and I know you had a piece in there. You you two were great mates, weren't you? We were actually very close. Yeah, during his time at Ipswich, I uh, used to travel down there quite a lot. I was a QPR fan and still am. But uh, Paul was a great music lover, and uh, we had a few um, enjoyable evenings together. Yeah, that yeah. came across in it the book. And a few times you, the, you and the band dedicated Smoke on the Water to him and uh, when he'd be at the side of the stage, and I knew that, that that meant a lot to him from what they said in the book. Yeah, I got him up to sing, actually, at Hammersmith Odeon and a couple of other places. Yeah, we used to hang out together, and uh, he said that was one of the best moments of his life. In those days, every footballer wanted to be a rock star, and... Every every musician wanted to be a footballer, so yeah. it was quite a connection. So, uh, as you said, it's an album of uh, of covers. I mean, how did how did you arrive at the kind of final? Did everybody in the band sort of come up with suggestions, and and then you kind of honed it down to something you all yeah, agreed on? That's, that's it. Yeah, we've thrown about fifty ideas. I'm very pleased to say that not one of my selections made it to the album. <laughs> uh, which, it was. Uh, because I was putting forward songs, and of course, stupid me, Deep Purple being primarily an instrumental band, the main focus was on the arrangements, and so we were picking songs that were suitable to Purple Eyes. That's basically how it ended up. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I've listened to, to quite a few of the tracks, and, and some are kind of quite true to the originals. Um, and we were listening to White Room earlier on, yeah, the old Cream song. Similar, yeah. and, and others, um, you know, less so that you've kind of you've worked in a different direction. Well, that's the way it is with Purple. They just sit down and um, let it flow. I mean, most of the songs we've ever written have just come out of jam sessions and mm. um, the tunes and the words always come last. So primarily, it's um, it was just... Um, you, I don't think you can ever improve on an original. It's just set there in stone. Yeah. But what you can do is um, is put your own interpretation to it and, and enjoy it. I mean, because... Uh, we did have a lot of fun, even though we didn't see each other. I was going to say, were you able to be in the same room to do this or in the same studio or not? No. Oh. No, no. Steve was in Florida and <clears throat> Roger was in Zurich and uh, Ian and Don were in England. And um, I was, I don't know where I was. In, I, I had to go to a studio because my, my um, home studio was um, was nicked <laughs> a few years ago. Oh, but. Wow. Uh, so I, I was the only one that went to a professional studio. I went to um, Peter Gabriel's place in, in Bath. Right. And um, I read that you, yeah. uh, I was reading an interview, that you used to be a pole vaulter when you were young. Is that true? Ha <laughs> ha. 
Yes. <laughs> well, on the cast. <laughs> I actually appeared at the White City uh, with, a, with my aluminium pole right. and all the other guys had bendy poles. <laughs> We've just been it talking about that. I was, I've just been saying, when you first started, when you first tried it, there, there's certain kids at school who've probably got an aptitude for it, you know, they're quite athletic yeah. kids. But they do, they basically give you a scaffold pole to kick off and see if you, if you can <laughs> yeah, use that, yeah, yeah. don't they? That's not the worst part. The worst part is landing in a wet sandpit. Yeah. <laughs> fortunately, we didn't jump high enough to enjoy ourselves. Yeah, and the world well, but, it could have uh, been lost to the world of rock and roll if had you uh, got a bendy pole yeah. and, and taken off. Yeah, that. that, that oh, no. I was looking at all these things. I, I saw some guys on the, on a tube with their bendy poles. I, what's that? Yeah, and uh, of course it was just it was just like men against boy. Yeah. Oh well. Oh, oh well, it's a, it was. Uh, it was, it was good, uh, great fun doing it, though. Yeah, yeah. Not you're not coming back. You're not going to go back to it, though, Ian. Probably that 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 chip of I'm sale thinking of it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking of it. Paul showed me before the program uh, started uh, some footage of you playing with George Best. Yeah, actually against him, wasn't it? It was a charity game. You scored a great goal. You were playing on the right wing. I'm, I'm, I think it was one of those. It was. Uh, it was a bit like the West Ham goal the other week. Might have been a cross, um, but it, it was. It pings into the top <laughs> corner. It looks a bit. It's a kind of cross come shot. But yeah, we mentioned Paul Marin. He was playing on your side, but George Best was a, was against you in that game. No, George was on my oh, side. Oh, well, right, sorry. And, uh, yeah, George and Paul both going up for the ball. Mm. I put a bit too much adrenaline behind it, I think, and it went in the top corner. <laughs> but uh, it was a, it was a moment. <laughs> That's good. A, a moment to remember. Yeah. yeah. It was that era of very short shorts, the sort of ones the Argentinians used to wear in the late seventies. So they are, they're they're very short shorts you're wearing in in that clip. I think it's on YouTube yeah. if you want to check it out. I thought you might not mention that. <laughs> <laughs> there was there was a lot of funny things going on in those days that yeah. we look back on and think, ah. Well, that was fun, though. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. And of course, was QPR, you, you talked about the part of the world you're from, was that sort of geography? Was that of the members of the family who were QPR yeah. fans? Well, West London, well, my parents were Brentford fans mm. and uh, they were so awful. We used to go every week and uh, one one day QPR came to uh, Griffin Park and uh, with, you know, me and my mates, we just thought, that's it, we're going to Loftus Road next week. So... Um, <laughs> Change now, so though. we uh, yeah. we did, and it was in the, it was in the days of Alex Stock and uh, Mike Keane and uh, the Morgan Twins and Peter Springer, and I just got better and better until uh, I was at Wembley for the World Cup and uh, in '66, and went along the following year in '67 to see QPR beat um, West Brom in the League Cup final. Yeah, oh, yeah, and uh, it was it was just amazing, and. Um, Rodney Marsh actually played a big part in my life. Uh, we met some years later at the uh, uh, after a show at the Hammersmith Odeon, as it used to be called, and um, went for an Indian afterwards and a couple of pints of uh, lager, or it might have been three. <laughs> and um, he, he, he said, uh, he kept going on about Deep Purple, you should get them back together again. So uh, he was actually the catalyst for wow. the 1984 reunion. Wow. What about that? That's so you amazing. contacted the rest of the band and said, look, uh, Rodney wants this to happen, so we have no choice. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't quite like that. It wasn't quite like that. We, 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 I was, uh, my band was finishing anyway, and uh, I was at a loose end. Um, mm. So I joined Black Sabbath for a year. And uh, then uh, 
the Purple Reunion took place. But it sowed the seeds. And uh, wow. I called John Lord and said, uh, what do you think? You know, maybe we should give it another shot. And it took a year or more for it to happen. But um, it was Rodney that sowed the seeds. That's brilliant. Rodney, yeah, I mean, Rodney, rock Rodney worked for us for ages. And uh, I remember him playing in a, in a match. And he, he was in his early 60s at that point. He still had great skills. Oh, he was still Incredible. good. You know, they couldn't get near him. It was just that, that the kind of a lesson, an exhibition in holding players off, Ian. He was such a good player still, um, even in his 60s. Unbelievable. Mm. Mark Lazarus crossed from the right, waving his shorts around his head because they've been... <laughs> <laughs> He'd been in a tackle and his shorts had come off for some way halfway off. So he pulled them off, went down in his in his pants and uh, crossed the ball to Rodney, who stood there on one leg with a ball on the other. Three players fell over and he lobbed it in goal. It was it was pure magic in those days. <laughs> yeah, he was and you are a big cricket yeah. fan as well, Ian, aren't you? Love your cricket. Have you did you catch much of the first test or, or not? No, I haven't seen it, uh, the first one. <laughs> I kind of knew what was going to happen anyway. Um, it was just one of those things. I just don't think we're nasty enough when we play the Aussies. Mm. Yeah. Are you, are, are any sort of big mates in cricket? And We've talked about your friends in football. Is that something you sort of, you got to know players from the game as you're a fan? Well, my best friend in cricket is Dennis Lilly. He's oh, wow. a, a real old pal and um, he always comes to the shows when we're in Australia and we always have a, a cup of tea afterwards. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and he yeah. ends up with uh, in the dressing room with the guys. And uh, I've got some wonderful photographs from the old days with Dennis Lilly and George Harrison and people like that at shows in Australia. Yeah. But he's a remarkable guy and uh, loves his music. And, um, yeah, we're, we're good pals. And, and finally, are you hoping to sort of get out, on, you know, depending on what goes on, to get back out on the road again with, with a band at some stage? Yeah, I mean paperwork permitting um mm. we got some shows in florida in in uh, february and uh, then the main tour kicks off in march we got israel and russia and turkey and then we do the european festival season which takes us right through the summer and then we got uh, the arena tour in the autumn and the uk in uh, november next year about five shows in england from the O2 in um, London and um, Manchester, Sheffield, I believe, and Glasgow. And uh, so it's going to be a fairly busy year. I think uh, everything that was cancelled in 2020 has been transplanted into next year. So fingers crossed it all goes all right. Yeah. We've had, we've had a, um, a text from David Morrissey, the actor and Liverpool fan. Uh, he says, I once stayed at a hotel that used to be Ian Gillen's house and it has a swimming pool with a good... Guitar design in the tiles, class, he says. So, uh, bring back memories, Ian? Well, it certainly did, yes. I had a few years off and dabbled with a few other bits and pieces. I had a recording studio, motorcycle racing team, and manufacturing company. And uh, I built a hotel. I, I was kind of lost without them, really. I've been in hotels all my life. So, I, I kind of needed one. And uh, <laughs> so, it was, it was good fun. And uh, then, uh, I had to go back on the road again. And I'm just the worst businessman in the world, so um, these things weren't built to survive. They weren't built to survive. Oh, well. Well, look, <laughs> it, look, um, it, good to talk to you, and we wish you well the album, and have a good Christmas, and uh, Thank we look you. forward to seeing you live next year. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. Nice talking to you. Ian Gillen there, Deep Purple frontman, Turning to Crime is the album of uh, of uh, cover versions that the band have put together. Thank you very much for that, Dave. It uh, brought back memories 
for uh, Ian and uh, yeah, yeah about that. Good. 70 was he 75 most of the band are in there 70 yeah, still going strong sounds great sensational uh, singer the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast there we are that was this afternoon's show Andy with us all uh, week this week we'll be back tomorrow um, and uh, Tim Vickery will be joining us amongst other people we'll be building up to the darts that gets underway tomorrow yeah, we've got to. more live Premier League football to look forward to including your lot playing we tomorrow hope, night no, or your Thursday. Thursday yeah like us Thursday aren't you yeah we hope uh, virus permitting but anyway lots to come tomorrow if you can join us from one great if not podcast will be available around four o'clock you've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on talk sport hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.